What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there, pointed the right way. Uh, today we have, dare I say, I'm calling our shot, Casino, our best episode ever. And oh, my screen keeps my screen keeps freezing. We're just gonna go with it. So the video is gonna be fucked up, but the audio will still be gold, gold. Uh, but today we are talking NBA, we're talking NHL, and we have what I've decided to call uh, the Willies that we're giving out casino. Oh, just, just the Willies? We're giving right. out the Willies, but they always take place in the casino ballroom, if you know what I'm talking about. They oh, always God. take place. <laughs> that was not, so, we did not cue that up. That was all, uh, that was all, all thought up on the spot there. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh right. yeah. When we decided to do this, I knew that's what I would call it and say from moment one, the Willies oh, in did? the casino oh, ballroom. That's fantastic. Uh, so we'll give out the first ever only sports podcast, Willies. Uh, we'll talk NBA, NHL. But first, Casino, there has been – we talked about the wildcard matchups, matchups and made our picks last episode, but there's been a little breaking news uh, since we've last recorded on Tuesday, and that is when it comes to the uh, Bills-Dolphins game, Tua officially ruled out, Jacoby Brissett officially ruled out – or not Jacoby Brissett. You, why do we You always up? do this. You always fucking do this. Teddy uh, Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been ruled out, so it will be Skylar Thompson. So, uh, and I don't know if you've watched any of Skylar Thompson when he has been quarterback for the Dolphins. He does not look good. This is not no, a Brock Purdy situation. This yeah. is what you would expect a third uh, string quarterback to look like. So, is there any chance, Casino? Give me the wildest blueprint you can for how the Dolphins pull. Probably, do you think if the Dolphins won, it would be a bigger upset than if Seattle beat the 49ers? Oh, definitely. I think it would too. 100%. There's no question on that. And you, it, the wildest way of how this could possibly happen, well, A, Josh Allen would have to get hurt. Oh, um, don't put that in the universe. Knock on wood. No, you, you just asked the most wildest. <laughs> that, that's what is. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do here um well first thing josh allen would have had to get hurt have to get hurt there's no other way that miami could win this if josh allen is in the game i would be beyond blown away it's 13 and a half points this is insanity if yeah that that's pretty much it if josh allen gets hurt and then yeah. the bills forget how to play defense which i doubt that's going to happen miami is a shamble of a team they barely made the playoffs um buffalo is going to steamroll them and that's what it is so i mean i thought i didn't know we were doing the picks first i thought we were doing the awards first no no we're doing awards after because there's only been two breaking news things since we last talked about it two days ago Not the right. other right. breaking news is lamar jackson officially ruled out will not play Bengals uh ravens I honestly, if you look at the two games the Bengals and Ravens have played this year, they've been pretty close. Like the line on this one, I believe, is like nine and a half, eight and uh, a half. Or currently, it's like eight, that. currently, it's eight and a half. Yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, both the other two games have been like within three points of each other, and the last one was with Huntley at quarterback. Huntley, this is not a Skyler Thompson situation. Huntley is a 
like an NFL quarterback. Like he uh, is not bad. I could see the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens will win, a, but I he's got a small a sample size game. to say he's not bad. He could definitely show up being bad, but mm-hmm. as of what we've seen so far, he's doing just fine. And, and you're right, Baltimore has played Cincy pretty well, but Joe Burrow is just on a war path right now. Again, we've talked about it. Would we be surprised if Cincy makes it back to the Super Bowl? Not at all. Um, no. I'm about to beat my dog. Oh, I got you at the door. Wonderful. Uh, so then I will casino uh mentioned it a little and i kind of threw the question at him but while he takes care of that i'll answer it myself because i've been thinking about this bills dolphins game it seems like oh great and my video started freaking out right when that happened nice but the i think the blueprint for the dolphins to win this game is you have to remember the dolphins were the team what in 08, 09, I want to say they invented, or I want to say invented in quotes, because it was just a bunch of college concepts thrown together. But right, you got per- back. Perfect, that happened. perfect time. I was saying back to the Dolphins Bills. I think the way the Dolphins win is was it 08 or 09 where they invented the Wildcat uh offense? Remember that where it was like they were just uh, doing a um, bunch of weird shit? I don't remember. The year no i think it was i want to say oh nine i could be it's way a, off but yeah it also it's, wasn't like they didn't invent it it was kind of just like college concepts put into one playbook why can't especially with mike mcdaniel you have who seems like an insane person but like in a fun way like an insane guy you have tyree kill you have a legitimate running game you have you know a third string quarterback you're basically you're going in what is almost three touchdown underdogs just do weird shit do like make Tyreek Hill get direct snap 10 times make him run do sweeps with him have him throw it do a Philly special in there I don't know uh, also I, I totally you know what I I agree with that there needs to be more college style plays in, in the NFL yeah. um because when there is rule changes happen um as you're bringing that up let me touch on this story uh so you know how um when the non like running backs or receivers they have to announce to the stadium oh this player is now eligible yada yada yes well that's because bill belichick started he did a play from college uh he watched a couple teams do it in college um alabama did it and uh, another team did it. i don't remember exactly who it was um earlier that year in college and Belichick did that in the playoffs, and people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Essentially, he made a player eligible, and that player told the ref, which you're, that's how you're supposed to do it, yada, yada. But the yeah. other team didn't know the player was eligible because the ref didn't announce it, stop play, announce it on the, the whole thing. The ref just called it out, and everybody was like, whoa, whoa, well, we didn't hear you do that. And everybody was like, oh, Belichick's cheating in whatever, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, Belichick, Belichick saw the college players do that, the college teams do that, and he just followed suit and it was fun. It, it was wild. And I want to see more exactly. I want to see more college plays. Give me a statue of Liberty play. And then yep. in the Super Bowl. how uh, amazing would that be? I hey. still watch. I still remember that, that us uh, USC game with the statue of Liberty play the poop. And the guy, no, that was, it was Boise state. Oh, Boise, Boise state, state did it against, it? I believe Oklahoma. Yeah. It was Boise state. That in was the Fiesta way. bowl. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. 
You're right. That was, was and that State. was one of the. I think that's one of the best college football moments, maybe like ever. You have yeah, that. Right. You it have the band is out on the field. That kind of stuff. <laughs> like, but that was that was awesome. That that's great. I uh, again, I was hired by the NFL to make the game better. This is one of my pitches to them. I got Goodell on the phone. I put him on hold to record this podcast. He's waiting. When I get off this podcast, I will tell him. Just keep him waiting, please. Yeah. I will tell him, get rid of exactly what you're talking about. Every player on offense should be eligible to touch the ball the second the play snaps. Like, why not? It would make it fun. It's not like you're just going to have this amazing cheat code where you're sending almost 400 pound dudes like out into the open field it's not like it's it's not like i'm saying like okay replace every offensive lineman with a different wide receiver and now you have 12 or you have 10 wide receivers on the field that you can throw to it's it wouldn't be that it would be offensive linemen can touch there's a in eagles fandom there is a uh small collective of people myself included who always want to see jordan mylata get the ball because he used to be a rugby player he's fucking huge he's awesome like just get him on the goal line do the 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 play i always love everybody loves it where one of the offensive linemen checks in as an eligible receiver runs past the line turns around and then just makes the least athletic catch you've ever seen in their life while they're falling uh, down. And then the, the team say, then always fall, then always fall down. Always. <laughs> yeah. Like make it so that play can happen every single play. Why not? Like I fucking hate the call of ineligible wide receiver down or ineligible receiver downfield where it's like the offensive lineman went like five yards past or five yards or more past the line of scrimmage. I fucking hate that call. It's always garbage. Uh, yeah, so I'll tell Goodell when I get uh, on the phone with him. Uh, last one, Casino, oh, before... By, by the way, yes, the the mail that got delivered, it's actually for uh, your son's birthday tomorrow. So Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, so, so it is related go. to this podcast. No spoilers, please. No, nothing like last-minute gifts, right? Yeah, buddy. I mean, it's... It, Friday, it's not till Sunday. You're good. You're good. Uh, but last one, I think that would be a major upset. We obviously talked about this last episode. We're different on Jags Chargers. We're different on Giants Vikings. So those are two games. And then Bucks Cowboys. Those are the three wildcard games where if they went either or, I don't think anybody would be shocked. The two that if they did go the opposite way, we just talked about would be Bills Dolphins and then 49ers Seahawks. If the Seahawks or uh, Dolphins win their games this weekend, I feel like the world would do like a collective, like what the fuck? Like, how does this even happen? So we did it for the Dolphins. How do the Seahawks win this game against the Niners? Like in this crazy world where they win. Um, Who does Sanford have left? on quarterback uh yeah, oh yeah that's true i mean yeah, they maybe that, put that, mccaffrey that, in i don't know yeah i mean that's that's a big one and and you know i said the last one being i mean realistic if josh allen was out then you, you have miami give a little bit of a chance but with san fran they're already down to their third string quarterback 
after that, they typically go to a wide receiver who's played it for maybe like a year in high school. They, yeah. they roll it that way. I'm not sure what they would do there. Um, Seattle, though, it, it, on their side, you'd have to have a near perfect, perfect game by Geno Smith. Near perfect. Because this defense is coming for you. We're going to talk about um, San Fran's defense later on, but when we do some awards. But man, dude, it is. That would be tough. I, I would have trouble seeing this. Geno Smith would have to play a perfect game, and Purdy would have to show up like a third stringer. Um, but I yeah. don't think that's going to be the chance. This one's only uh, a minus nine. But yeah. You know what? It's interesting that the. For the 49ers and Bills are so like, you know, like such favorites over the underdogs like you're talking about. But as far as Josh Allen goes, he has this real problem in the past, like what, month or two where he keeps throwing red zone interceptions. Like, who knows if it's a tighter game than we think it would be? Because, you know, again, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. And they lost to the Dolphins the first time they played, didn't they? The mm -hmm. Dolphins beat them the first time. So yeah. this is a team that's already beat them. Josh Allen is throwing red zone INTs. So if this is a 28 to 21 game and the Bills could have scored two other touchdowns, but Josh Allen threw two red zone interceptions, like crazier things have happened. And then as far as Brock Purdy goes, we've seen like great, great quarterbacks who, I mean, Peyton Manning forever was the greatest regular season quarterback we'd ever seen. And then he would just implode in the playoffs. Like same with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I was going to say same, same with Rodgers. With, uh, even, um, um, oh my gosh, Tony Romo. Tony Romo would still be uh, a great. Drew Brees. A Drew like Brees. some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Just the second they get to the playoffs, it's just like, what? It's a, they look completely different. So yeah. Brock Purdy, what? He started six games. Who knows if he gets into the playoffs and he just turns back into a pumpkin? We don't know, Casido. Yeah, I know you love that phrase. <laughs> I do. I do. And, I, I'm glad that and, I added that in, into the into the awards. That's gonna be great. And you know what? We've held it off long enough, Casido. It is time for the first ever Willie Awards live from the Casino Ballroom on the Only Sports <laughs> Podcast. If you win, you will be granted this beautiful trophy. Look at it. Ignore on the other side where it says best dad ever. Just look at the backside where you can put whatever you want. The trophy casino. And the trophy will be given out to the winners of such categories as League MVP. Uh, and again, this is according to me and Casino. We came together many nights many weeks put this together we pulled family friends journalists sports media figures all came together to uh, make what will be the most definitive nfl offseason awards there maybe ever has been but of course like the oscars like the emmys we have some awards that were awarded outside of the event right the night before so last night and you don't know these casino Last night, these awards were given away for, let's see, the first category is your mom's favorite player. And, of course, the winner was Zach Wilson, everyone's fa mom's favorite player. Next up, 
we had your massage therapist's least favorite player. I think, shocker on this one, Deshaun Watson took home the gold. Next up, we had Spirit Airlines' least favorite player. Oh. Shocker again, OBJ. OBJ. Welcome back. Super Bowl champion last year. This year, you win, You also win an award. Next up, we had FanDuel, DraftKings, all sports betting sites player of the year. Calvin Ridley, come on down. <laughs> uh, and then uh, scapegoat of the year goes to Nathaniel Hackett, former head coach of the Denver Broncos. I mean, round of applause is all the way around. And last but not least of the awards given away last night, uh, stupidest looking fucking play in NFL history that I hate more than fucking anything. The Chiefs merry-go-round play from week 18 just got in under the buzzer. And, you know, I mean, just round of applause to all the great candidates, all the winners of the the technical awards that, you know, couldn't make it on the main show. But now it's time to get to the main show, Casino. Oh, man, that was that was delightful. Thank you for the treat. <laughs> Thank you for not telling me about those. You're welcome. That, that, that was fantastic. Yeah. I wrote all those joke categories uh, last night, and I've made myself laugh. So I knew I could get you on a couple of them. <laughs> but, um, but let's start uh, the Willies with the first official Willie Award winner, which will be for biggest dumpster fire of the year, Casito. The candidates are... Broncos, or I should say the Denver Broncos, the Cleveland Browns, the Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Chicago Bears. Now, Casino, of those possible candidates, who do you think is the winner of Dumpster Fire of the Year? Oh, man. We've talked about it a little bit on the show. I told you my feelings on it, and I think the winner of that category is the Arizona Cardinals. Interesting. That and why would you say that? Oh, because they fired their coach and because everybody on the team fucking hates each other. They're about to trade away their best wide receiver and you know, all those kind of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh interesting, Casito. The committee talked about it, and the Cardinals actually did not win. What did win was the Denver Broncos. Strictly so, for the fact that they were supposed to go to the Super Bowl, according to me, and so, they did not. So your pick. You got it. <laughs> My, well, I also, uh, the Arizona Cardinals were kind of just off to the side, and you never really had to watch or think about them unless you were an Arizona Cardinals fan. The Denver Broncos, what, the first 10 weeks of the season, they every single game they had was a standalone primetime game. So they were always there. And then it was all this drama with, you know, Russell Wilson and the head coach getting fired. And now Russell Wilson, uh, like all every former player who has ever played with Russell Wilson for more than 30 seconds came out with a story about what a piece of shit he was and how they fucking hated him. Oh, and then he's, he's not going to team birthdays and team meetings and is going to like Serena Williams last tennis match definition of a dumpster fire you have no money you lose all your picks and the guy you get in because of all those reasons uh throws 
I believe, 13 touchdowns on a 17-game season, which is, I feel like, almost impossible. Right for a starting caliber NFL quarterback to throw that who's won a touchdowns. yeah who's won a Super Bowl oh god so I uh, the committee came together and they talked about a casino but Denver Broncos they were this side of the tables picked to go to the Super Bowl and they weren't even fucking close and now who knows what they're going to be rumors that Sean Payton is going to be the head coach of this so I mean really. Coming, yeah, really coming out of be, retirement here. Uh, next episode, we can do the Sean Payton talk because I think he is in the overrated coaches uh, thing that for some reason is being blown out of proportion. Like he is this fucking amazing, you know, with a Hall of Fame quarterback, you have one Super Bowl. I don't know. We can get to it. Uh, next up, Casino. Let's go uh, from the negative to the positive. The sneaky good team of the future. And that means, uh, you know, a team that maybe this year, maybe they underperformed. Maybe they are a good team that has room to grow. Maybe they're just a sneaky good looking team for next year. The candidates are the New York football giants currently in the playoffs, but I put them on this list. I mean, you know, we collectively put them on this list because they have like the fourth most cap space going into next year. Yeah, and they're already ridiculous. in the playoffs. I was, with, I was I was looking up the cap space. It's insane. It's fucking crazy. Like how they have this good of a team and that much money to spend. That's impressive. That's impressive. Next up, the Detroit Lions, a favorite of this podcast, who I wish was uh, facing the 49ers this week. I think we both do, but yeah, yeah. they deserved it. Uh, the New York football uh, Jets, so we have both New York teams on here. Good defense, Mike White, obviously uh, home to uh, Willie Winner, Zach Wilson. Uh, next up is the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett, Tiny Hands himself, and then the Houston Texans. So, Casino, I, I did give you the envelope to this one. Uh, if you would please read who has won the sneaky good team of the future. <laughs> oh, Detroit Lions. Wow, the Detroit football Lions. I like putting football. Like, you know how they you always hear New York football giants? I I like I I wish every team did that. I like how it sounds. The Detroit football lions, that sounds kind of cool. But why, Casino, do you think they are the sneaky good team of the future? Um, you fix a few things on defense, and you got an extra four or five wins there. Like, yeah. That's all it is. You just you work on that defense. That offense is set. They're looking great. Um, yeah, I think too many people put them down for so many years. Uh, I, And it was in the book. It was in the envelope. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah they legitimately it's crazy to think the detroit lions legitimately could have been what an 11 12 win team this year if they literally we've talked about this pretty much since the beginning of the season if they had literally an average defense they have an average defense they are a 11 12 win team like oh yeah that is they're, impressive they're, in the NFL. they would be hosting uh they would be hosting a game yeah, they would be what probably 
of like fighting Minnesota and they, you know, mm-hmm. beat Minnesota. So they would have been fighting Minnesota for the fourth seed in the NFC, which is crazy. You know, they were one win away from being the eighth seed or, you know, seventh seed. But yeah, I mean, Detroit Lions, I think the committee all agreed. I think the next one on that list would be the Giants, yeah. right? Just because uh, of what yeah. we talked about. Just from them. Giants, but, yeah. <laughs> well, the Jets, interesting. The, everybody uh, gives Mike White a blowjob. I think we've been, uh, we've been privy to that as well. This season, he only had uh, 1,200 yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions. Why does it feel like he's so much better when he's in the game because than he he's actually replacing is? replacing Zach Wilson. I mean, that's true. He's everybody's mom's favorite quarterback, but everybody's dad's one of the most hated quarterbacks, right? Because he steals your chicks and he steals your team's draft picks. Uh, all right, Casino. Uh, big one. Big one right up front. You know, if we were actually, if this was being broadcast as an award show, we would put this, you know, right at the turn of the hour to get that big ratings bump. Uh, Most hated team of the year for the only sports podcast at the Willies. We have, as we just, as a already award winner, the Denver Broncos, the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, the Arizona Cardinals, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Los Angeles Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Dallas Cowboys, and I put my team on there as well, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you casino. have the envelope for this one. Oh, let me. Well, I didn't see this coming. Uh, <laughs> the, the most hated team all year. Back-to-back winner, the Denver Broncos Casino. I mean, what a year. What a year to be a Denver Broncos fan. Two willies, no draft picks, no playoffs, a bunch of money you wasted, and now they are the most hated team all year. I mean, we can just carry this over from Biggest Dumpster Fire. If we said it here, if we had to watch another fucking Denver Broncos primetime game, we were going to lose our shit. And... After that, they had an 11 to 10 game they somehow won. They had games where Russell Wilson would throw the worst interception you've ever seen in your life, and the game would end like 7 to 10, and you'd be like, what are, what are we even doing here? Uh, I will pull up the uh, Russell Wilson stats right now. How many touchdowns do you think he finished the season in? Started every game. Um, I'm just gonna say one a game, so let's just go with 17. Very close. He finished the season with 16 touchdowns, and again, there were two games in there where he had like three touchdowns. So that means take six off the board in 17 games, two of those games he had three touchdowns. So, what 15 games he had 10 touchdowns. That is Again, you paid a quarter of a billion dollars for this person to be the quarterback of your team, a team that was last year, like everybody was like, you know, the Denver Broncos, they get a quarterback, they have weapons, they have Jerry Judy, they have, I believe it was Noah Font, like they have good offensive weapons, a good O-line, 
a top five defense in the league and you throw 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, have a season QBR of 36.9, 36.9. That is that's rough. Egregious, egregious. Again, Super Bowl champion, one win away from or one throw away from being a two time Super Bowl champion, like just dumpster fire and most hated team of the year. I mean, you hate to see it, but congrats. Congrats to the Denver Broncos. Let's move on to the should be on the Dallas defense award. And of course, we say should be on the Dallas defense because the Dallas Cowboys have the greatest defense this season ever played. 1985 Bears, get the fuck out of the way. 2000 Ravens, leave the keys in the door because you're not welcome here. This is the Dallas defense. And the nominees are, Casino, Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers, Sauce Gardner of the New York Jets, Mika Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Bobby Wagner of the Los Angeles Rams, Hassan Reddick, of the Philadelphia Eagles, Justin Simmons, who I do not remember. I believe he was Carolina Panthers. I don't know. I'm I put him on here because he was forget him. Justin Simmons. Oh no, wait, no, he was a Denver Bronco. Yes, he's the safety for the Denver Bronco. Roquan Smith, linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. And then oh, I accidentally put Bobby Wagner on here twice. Uh so Casito. Who wins the should be on Dallas's defense player of the year? Because Dallas is the greatest defense to ever have walked the earth. You need one of the greatest defensive players to have ever walked the earth. And I'm going with, oh, it says Nick Bosa. Whoa, Nick Bosa, the 49ers uh, defensive end. I have his stats right here. It He is having a, just a fucking insane season. So he leads the league in sacks with 18 and a half. I believe his son, his son Reddick is second with, oops, I just had him pulled up, with 16. So he has 16 uh, and is number two. Bosa has almost three more sacks than the closest one to him. He has two forced fumbles. And then 41 solo tackles. But again, if you're on the defensive line, you just want to be like a disruptor, right? Like sacks oh, yeah. are nice that's and what, everything, but that's what you want to be. Yeah. You um, want to either be a the run committee stopper. Agree with that? Does the committee agree with that? I mean, I uh I just uh, we just read the votes here. You know, we're not we're not the vote makers, we're What's the that? vote readers. The committee agrees with that. Wow. Okay. All right. You know what? This is getting a little too uh, first things first, Nick Wright. We need to change the name. <laughs> it wasn't a committee. What can it be called? Uh, the the voters? I think we should say voters. The uh, Yeah. But on to the next one of the voters. We talked about most hated team. Now let's talk about most hated player of the year, Casino. And this one tight race only three nominees we will start uh, with i thought there was a couple more that uh that the voters put out there oh did you send me more i, I sent you more for a few categories but you know you told me to so i did yes i didn't see you 
Oh, oh, yes. Okay, so there is five. I would think so. I would agree I, with those. I agree with these. So the most hated player of the year, it is actually a five-person race. Uh, the first one is Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers for not shutting the fuck up about ayahuasca. Next up <laughs> is Russell Wilson of the Denver Broncos for all the shit we've already talked about him so far in this award show. Uh, we also have Mika Parsons because he plays for the Cowboys and is overrated strictly for that fact that he wouldn't shut the fuck up about Jalen Hurts. Next up, we have OBJ because he's been annoying as fuck this season for not choosing a fucking team. And then that uh, video last year just got released of him on an airplane and it's topical. And then the last one, also unanimous winner of this award by everyone. I don't think it'll even be up for debate. Most hated player of the year, Deshaun Watson. Uh, not only did he steal the innocence of a lot of masseuses, he stole the most of the money from the Cleveland Browns. He also Apparently this uh, is a come to Casino's Door Day. <laughs> uh, I don't need Casino's help to talk about what a piece of shit Deshaun Watson is. I don't think it's any uh, you know secret. We've made a lot of jokes about him this year, but uh, and I think he is a joke at this point, but the shit he did was pretty fucking horrific. And then you also have to tie that in with the Browns, the love of the Browns making themselves unbelievably hateable for giving him a shitload of money, trading a lot for him, basically working their deal where it's like, oh, this year he gets paid no money because it make we think it will make us look better. And so instead, he's just going to get a shitload of money after this year, as if next year everybody's going to be like, we love Deshaun Watson, but we don't here at the uh, podcast. Uh, most hated player of the year, Deshaun oh, Watson. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, not, not even close. Uh, next up, we have the Marcus Mariota Award, which is uh, code for player that we love and we have no idea why. And first candidate, I mean, shocker, Marcus Mariota, quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> the award namesake himself. Next up was the who should have stayed Cleveland Browns quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, next up was, we just talked about him, Mike White. Uh, then there was Alex Singleton, which seems like a random Name on this list, but he played with the Eagles for three years, and I loved him. And then he went to the Denver Broncos and is having, like, a top five season in the league in terms of tackles. Uh, last up is the Browns quarterback. A lot of Browns quarterbacks on this list. Browns quarterback, Los Angeles Rams quarterback, Carolina Panthers quarterback, Baker Mayfield. So, Casino, I believe you have the envelope for this one. Who hey, wins the... Marcus Mariota Award. So this came to a very close race uh, from what I am told. Um, but you got to give it with somebody that's constantly going to be in the game. Baker Mayfield has won this one. Wow. Not by a landslide. This one was a very close one. Close race. Uh, close race. Very close race. I mean, you've, you've heard all the talks about people saying that the, the Panthers were going to be a good team this year and we're going to follow them and they were – sneaky fun sneaky good i don't know where you heard 
the sneaky from, but somebody's always <laughs> saying that. Um, and then now over on the Rams, everybody's now watching the Rams, even though they have been uh, a dumpster fire that did not win, but a dumpster fire. True. Contender. Uh, dumpster fire con- contender. Yeah, contender this year. Um, again, very close call uh, this year with that. Jacoby Brissett should have been the Cleveland quarterback going through. He was fun to watch during games. He just blew it at the very end. Uh, Mike White, we had just mentioned it. He looked great, but we don't know why. We don't know why we <laughs> and everybody, we and weren't Mariota even the Mariota, but he didn't. He got benched. He didn't play the entire season, so yeah. You don't and it was your... he was fun early in the season when he was in there. Right. He was fun, but but you don't get to win your award this year. You, I mean, we should have had him on to actually give the award, give the award, but um, due to you budget constraints, we couldn't get him. Yeah, we spent all our budget on this. Yeah. And I bought, I mean, there's like 15 awards. I bought 25 of them, just in case. Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping for the next doorbell ring here is going to be Marcus Mariota saying, hey, I can do this. Can I Can I do the podcast? And I'll be like, ah, we've already said your segment. You got to go, buddy. Yeah. Get out of here. I mean, I, I'll talk to uh, Roger about it. And, you know, we'll see. He wanted to come on. And I was like, no, no, we're fine. We're fine, yeah. but maybe we he has kids. a connection. We, we, we have kids. We don't need you smoking around them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but as far as Baker Mayfield goes, he was he only had 10 touchdowns this year, eight interceptions. That He had that amazing game with the Rams where he comes in uh, with five days, uh, does nothing for the entire game, wins it on the last drive of the game by having like a perfect, what was it, like 80, 90-yard drive. That yeah. was Mayfield magic. Uh, yeah. I also, uh, what is it? Oh, no, I crossed that name out. Never mind. Uh, next up, Casino. This is a uh, this is a very prestigious award because it does not only go to one player. It doesn't even go to one team. It goes to two teams that put on what we like to call the game of the year. So now in this one, there's legit, there is one, two, three, four, five, there is six candidates, but we had some runner-ups that I would like to bring attention to that didn't quite make it on the ballot, but they were almost on the ballot. Uh, good enough to get mentioned. We had the Week 10 uh, OT game between the Packers and Cowboys, where the Packers won 31-28. We have the Week 9 game, between the Dolphins and Bears, where the Dolphins won 35 to 32. We also have the Dolphins Ravens from week two. That was that crazy game where two or through six touchdowns, uh, Lamar Jackson, I believe, threw two or threw three, one ran, ran for two. We had the, oh God, all these numbers are getting mixed up. We yeah, have I'm, the, I'm looking at the notes here on this. Um, this is hard to read. You're, yes. you're running this category and you wrote this. <laughs> we had the week four matchup between the Seahawks and the Lions, and then just got under the wire the week 18 game between the Texans and the Colts, 32 to 31. Uh, but those are just the almost made it. We don't give awards to almost made it. We give awards to one of these five matchups, which was the week 17 matchup with the 49ers winning against the Raiders, 37 to 34. The Chiefs-Bills game from week six, which I forgot to write the score down for. Uh, The Chiefs-Bengals from, oh, I had to scratch that out. 
the Chiefs Bengals game, the Raiders Patriots game from week 15 that ended 30 to 24. I don't remember how that game ended. I just remembered it being a thriller. Uh, <laughs> the week 15 OT comeback from the uh, Vikings and Colts, the Vikings winning that game 39 to 36. And then what I think, well, I don't think I know because I have the envelope right here. I have opened it. The game of the year is the OT thrilling victory of the Vikings 33 to 30 over the Buffalo Bills in week 10. I mean, congratulations at this point. Yeah, that was that absolutely insanity. Be, that could be a Super Bowl matchup. I right. mean, both these teams are in it. Uh, Casino, that... do you uh, disagree with the voters on this game of the year? Uh, no. No, I don't. Um, that was absolutely insane. I, 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 watching those, those last, like, 20 seconds or whatever it was on that goal line was just the craziest – some of the craziest sequences in football I've ever seen. It was yeah. absolutely insanity. Every – the, the ups and downs that those fans had was just insane. It was wonderful to watch. Um, I have no argument with that one. Um, yeah, I think they, they, I think they, the, the voters got that one right on this one. The, the crazy or... thing is, I think the second game of the year would be the Vikings and Colts. Like Vikings oh, in contention for both games of the year. They've had... I mean, you could also throw the Vikings Giants on here as well. So they've had just a year of crazy good games, which would you, if you were a fan of the Minnesota Vikings, would you love this season or hate it in terms of watching the games? Because every game you're sweating balls and then you barely win at the end and nobody takes you seriously. Would um, you take that over being like nine and seven? Oh, nine to seven or, or what close, the Vikings are now. No, I mean, I would take what the Vikings are now. 100%. I'd read, obviously you want your team to win better or w win more. Uh, for me though, I thought you were going to go along the lines of, you know, as a fan, were you excited for all the exciting games this year? And oh yeah. That answer would be hell no. Hell no. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm one of those fans. I obviously close games that get you, you know, your adrenaline up. If you win, it's like you're on the biggest high of all highs. If you lose like the Patriots did, you're on the lowest of all lows and you want to <laughs> jump off the, the you know. Nearest bridge. Off. Yeah. The nearest bridge. But um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. What was I saying? I, I, I was just having a flashback and really sad. <laughs> um, no, I want my teams to blow out teams by 30. 100%. So yeah. like, I get that. I get asked that a lot when I watch my college basketball team and everybody's like, oh, you know, it, it's a 10 point game with eight minutes to go. Like you should feel comfortable. And I'm like, no, I want it to be like a 30 point game with two minutes to go. Then yeah. I will feel comfortable. See, that is one of the things we agree on. I hate when my team <laughs> is in close games, but I like watching other games with teams. I don't give a shit about that are close. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, uh, and also I was uh, going to throw this at you. What is your game of the year for your team? Do you have one? Man, um, I, 
we, that that was not on the docket today. I don't, that was not. Uh, I thought of that bef- uh, just right now, actually. I haven't even looked at it for my team, but I think to give you a couple. Uh, no, I'm, I'm looking at it. I have it up right here. Um, my favorite I, win this year. Uh, honestly, I think my favorite win this year would have to be when they beat the Lions and nailed, nailed them out. Gave him a, a 29-0. That's true. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Looking in retrospect, fantastic. that was actually a really impressive win. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. So I'm a, that would be my favorite game that I watched this year of my team. I think mine would either be the blowout against the Titans or Giants, like we just talked about. Like, it's always funner when your team – it's always more fun when your team blows no, it's out. No, funner. Funner, funner sounds right. Uh, it's always more fun when your team blows out the other team. There's also that Steelers game. But to me, my number one game was the first time they played the Cowboys. That whole week was just Dallas fans being like, we got, uh, oh, fuck, what was that guy's name? The, they're back. We got Cooper Rush. All we need is Cooper Rush. He's 5-0, and the best defense in the league. And then all the Eagles did was just, shut and them they also down had parsons exactly the uh the best defense that's ever played a best defensive player and yeah. all they did was shut him down it was a, a hoot dare i say a hoot but let's get back to the awards casino we still have four more awards to give out and this is where it gets down to you know the, the big ones this is where uh we are expanding you know this these awards will make or break someone's year basically if you it'll be devastating if you're not chosen it'll be an honor if you're nominated and it'll be more devastating because you're nominated but don't win right i built it up enough uh next up the dick kicked in player of the year which means uh i actually took a screenshot of this which is what i was looking for uh because I saw the term dick kick and I was like, it gave me the definition. And I was like, no, that's not, that's not what I mean by this. Uh, and then this was what I meant by this. Uh, so a kick in the balls, right, is a big setback or disappointment. But a dick kick is like you had expectations, right? Your dick is out. And then it just gets kicked. So you get dick, you get balls, it just gets kicked in, but there were expectations, okay? So the dick kicked in player of the year, we have Carson Wentz of the Washington Commanders, Matt Ryan of the Indianapolis Colts, Deshaun Watson of the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield of the three teams he was a part of, (laughs) Uh, but this year it was just Carolina Panthers, Los Angeles Rams, Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos, or Mika Parsons, Dallas Cowboys, uh, Casino. You have the envelope for this one. Who is the dick kicked in player of the year? Oh, man. Um, let's open this thing, open this bad boy up. The voters, I mean, they had debates about this for for weeks for weeks for hours um so i have it right here there is an asterisk for a single game as well but the winner of the full award outside of 
like the handle, I would say, <laughs> of the full award is the Russell Wilson. Man, his Denver Broncos just – they're sweeping wow. this up. they're cleaning up. Yeah. This is – I'm impressed. I mean uh, – But the voters, they did come together, and the biggest dick kick of the year for a single game was Matt Ryan. Yeah. To his ego. To, well, to his, his soul. I mean, if you look at this season Matt Ryan had, he got benched for Nick Foles, who played one of the worst regular season games, maybe ever, just an abomination against a Rams team that was garbage, garbage. They, I mean, they were dumpster fire of the year. Then he gets benched for Sam Ellinger, who comes in and doesn't look bad, but it's also just like, who the fuck is Sam Ellinger? But, but I mean, so this is why Russell won over Matt Ryan. Um, I'm just going off of saying Matt Ryan for that one game where he blew it again. And yes. he's got now some of the worst losses in NFL history. Uh, oh, Russell I forgot Wilson, about that. He, no. played, he was playing against the Vikings. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> uh, uh, but Russell Wilson, he was supposed to be the they have a great team. Denver is a good team. Yes. They just have a shitty quarterback that nobody respects anymore. And <laughs> he got his dick kicked in this year yes. by not only the other teams and the other defenses, but by his own organization and players and fellow teammates. So good on you, buddy. Maybe your uh, your wife can uh, take care of you there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, He's against that, right? Because he waited till marriage. Well, I guess now that he's married, I guess she could. But, you know, I don't know. Russell Wilson, again, always just been a fucking weird guy. Not for that. Not for, like, waiting till marriage. That's fine. But just everything around that was always just like, huh, this is this is a weird guy. But, uh, you know, all he's getting all the awards this year. So he's got to be honored about that. Uh, next up, Casino. Uh, an award near and dear to my heart. It is the turned into a pumpkin award. And that phrase means, you know, if we're following the Cinderella lore, which I don't know why we wouldn't, uh, once the they look great, right? They were going to the ball, dressed in their Sunday best, uh, the glass slipper, they had a carriage, it was all going great. And then all of a sudden the clock struck midnight, right? And their carriage turned back into a pumpkin pumpkin and in this scenario they themselves turned into a pumpkin so the nominees are for the turned into a pumpkin award aaron Rodgers of the green bay packers russell wilson again of the denver broncos adam thielen of the minnesota vikings mika parsons of the uh dallas cowboys and then jadavion Clowney of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I have the envelope here. Would you please hand that? Thank you so much. And the winner of the Turned Into a Pumpkin Award. Wow. Upset alert here. Jadavion Clowney of the Cleveland Browns. Come on down. So, Casino, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I think Jadavion Clowney is one of my most hated NFL players of all time. I fucking, oh, I did not know that. I cannot stand him. He also had that uh, hit on Carson Wentz a couple of years ago that 
took the um basically destroyed the Eagles playoff chances when he was with the uh Seahawks, I think. I think they were playing the Seahawks, but I've always hated him because he is the definition in my eyes of overrated. His entire mystique, entire career is built around that one highlight one hit, hit in college. Hit in college where he dislodged the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, his NFL career. He came into the league in 2014. Okay. He has 43 sacks still playing from 2014 to 20 to 2022 43 sacks we just talked about it nick bosa has almost 20 this season so he has played i mean how many is that what six seven he's played almost nine seasons in the nfl he has 43 sacks but people talk about him like he is just this all-time great you know player and he's been on houston then he went to Seattle. Then he went to Tennessee. Then he went to Cleveland for the past two years. This year, he started, or he didn't start, but he played in every game this season. He had 28 combined tackles, 14 assists, two sacks, zero interceptions. Again, just the turned into a pumpkin award because everybody, blows this guy up as just this crazy like when you listen to announcers when J dave young clown he's on the field they're always like oh man you better be scared you better and it's just like he, his best season he had nine and a half sacks in 2017 just garbage garbage i've always hated J dave young clowny and it was in 2019 against that seattle team where he did a dirty hit that took carson wets out and then we didn't have foals so it had to be josh mccown and I fucking hated it. And there's also, he's in the news recently because uh, I guess he's just been like shitting on his team. And he called out like Miles Garrett, who is having like one of the best defensive seasons uh, this year. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can talk about that next episode, but I just wanted to throw some shade at Jadavion Clowney. Ugh. Ugh. So that is our shocking upset of turned into a pumpkin award casino. Next up, these are the two big ones. These are what the award shows are being built up to in the Oscars. This is Best Picture, right? This is the cream of the crop here. Uh, let's first start with the MVP No QB Award. And I mean, it just sounds exactly like what it is. Uh, you can be in this contention for having one of the best seasons at your position as long as that position is not quarterback. So the Let's see. Did you send me names for this one? Um, I don't. Yes, you did. I you. Oh, I did. Um, so the. Oh, I did. I did. The one, two, three, four, five, six. The eight. The big field here. Eight nominees are AJ Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles, Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins, Justin Jefferson of the. Minnesota Vikings, Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders, Nick Bosa as the uh, of the San Francisco 49ers, Mika Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys, Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs, and finally Sauce Gardner of the New York Football Jets and Casino. I believe you have the envelope on this one. 
who wins the MVP No QB Award of the Year? Drum roll, please. Justin Jefferson. Whoa. Justin Jefferson, the leading wide receiver in the NFL. He is first in the league with 128 receptions, first in the league in yards with 1,809, tied for 11th with eight touchdowns, and 20th in the league in average per catch. He also had maybe catch of all time of all, in yeah. that what that's it what, was the that's, Colts game, right? Uh, or no, that's what Hills sealed game. the. Uh, that's what sealed the deal him over Jacobs, uh, who's who had a phenomenal year as a running back. Um, but that that catch was arguably one of the greatest catches in the last 30 years plus. I don't know. And it was what? It was fourth and 18. So it was also a catch that like mattered and it yeah. actually meant something when he put that much effort into, you know, that just I will say I be, I was watching that game when it happened. It was it was the Buffalo Bills game. So this is from uh, the Willie's game of the year winner, uh, the Vikings versus the Bills. But watching that live, I believe we both text each other at that moment. Like that's the best catch I've ever seen in my life. I don't yeah, know how but, the fuck he did that. But I, I really mean, Josh, don't. Josh Jacobs was a very close second. Regular season, he had uh, out of 340 attempts, he had 100, uh, 1,653 yards, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, 12 touchdowns. I mean, definitely. And reception, he had 53 receptions. Kudos to that. That's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I just think Jefferson, or according to the votes here, Jefferson <laughs> Jefferson squeaked out um, due, due to that catch. But Man, I completely agree. If, if there if there was a receiver and a running back um, category alone, they would be the clear front runner for both teams, uh, for for both of those. Um, but yeah, so you, you, you know gotta, what? We will bring up. Uh, we will bring that up to the so some people may say, next year. Yeah, some people say that he may have got snubbed this year, which he may have. But yes, according uh, to the voters, that's what it is. You know what? We're just feeling ourselves out here. This is the first official annual Willie's Award in the Casino Ballroom for the Only Sports Podcast. So, you know, year two, there might be completely different awards. There might be more awards, might be more specialized rewards. We don't know. We have to talk to the voters, get the whole group together and, you know, sit down and, and hammer this thing out. Uh, I'm told... I'm told we're running a little bit long on this award show casino. They're about to start playing the music. So let's just get to the best picture of the year, AKA the MVP award. And we just talked about MVP, no QB. This one has QBs in it. So oh man, we really have gone late on this show. <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, so first up is Mika Parsons, Dallas Cowboys, Nick Bosa. San Francisco 49ers, Josh Jacobs, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, MVP no QB winner, Justin Jefferson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns, Sauce Gardner for the New York Jets, Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills, Tyreek Hill for the uh, 
Miami Dolphins. But, and I have the envelope here, the winner of the award casino for MVP of the league. I mean, shocking, shocker. Jalen Hurts, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And let me just read off his stats real quick for you because he had uh, 3,701 yards, which was 10th in the league, uh, 22 throwing touchdowns, which was 14th in the league, six INTs tied for fourth fewest, uh, fourth highest QBR in the league. But again, those are just passing stats. So when you get to, oops, my phone is locking me out. When you get to the rushing attack this year, he had, oh, there it is. He had 165 attempts, 760 yards, 13 touchdowns. I mean, so that means 13 touchdowns rushing and what did I just say? This is all over the place. Uh, 22 touchdowns throwing. So he had 35 touchdowns this year, only six turnovers. He only lost one game when starting. Uh, you know, I mean, the runner-up, Patrick Mahomes, also had a pretty good season. But is he as valuable to his team as Jalen Hurts? He's probably more valuable. We just didn't get to see that this season. So do you disagree with the pick for MVP Casino? I do not disagree. Uh, I think voters got this spot on. Well done. <laughs> and uh, and he still locked up the MVP. It actually made, and you know, we talked to the voters about this. It actually made his case more for MVP that when he was out, the most talented team in the league pretty much folded without his leadership and presence. So, you know, sometimes it's what you do on the field as much as you do off of it. So, Thank you all for coming to the first annual Only Sports Podcast Willie Awards that took place in the beautiful Casino Ballroom. Uh, we will be back next year at the end of the season as well. But now let's move over to the NHL uh, Casino. So take us there. That for you. Um, so I know we kind of covered it last episode with the NHL on. Your sound went out. I am on mute because the dog was barking. <laughs> so fantastic. Um, so like last week uh, where I talked about their scheduling or where they were coming into the all-star break, where they their seating were, we're not going to get into that again because we just went over. Not much has changed. Um, but with that, let's get into the all-star break because it is coming up here uh, very shortly. It's going to be February 4th and 5th. Uh, can't mm. wait for it. It's down in Florida this year. Um, so a little different than it was last year where it was here in Vegas and it was a little bit cold and breezy and uh, players enjoyed, but did not enjoy uh, hitting those pucks <laughs> off the, <laughs> hitting those pucks off of the Bellagio fountains during the wind and cold. With the, <laughs> People always think players. Vegas is just always hot. It's not. No, yeah, but when you're standing it's... on a plat, when you're on the platform, in in the peak part of uh the vegas winter with <laughs> wind blowing yeah it's a little chilly when you have hockey players saying that it was cold yeah hockey players from canada saying that it was cold <laughs> yeah so shut it to all those people uh anyway uh so what i'm gonna do is i'll, I'll kind of give you a brief on uh how the nhl 
all-star works because i'm not sure if you know about how that works beach um and then i'll go through the list of who who made it so far the fan votes coming up don't need to do snubs because of how this works out um so pretty much how the nhl all-star playoffs work is in each division you have four divisions um you get to choose seven players and one goalie that's what the committee mm. the committee picks and they're all there's one player from each team that gets to go so a lot of people think players get snubbed but that's when you get to the fan voting and that's fun uh because then the fans get a vote per division two extra skaters and one goalie um so those who do get snubbed they don't get snubbed because the fans get a vote on it and they get to get put in so i think it's a very fun and fair way for the nhl to do the uh nhl all-star picks because they get to pick the one player from each team that's good and then they also get to pick uh and then the fans get to pick the rest so with that let's just hop right up into it so uh in the atlantic division uh the head coach is uh jim montgomery for the bruins he was awarded coach for the atlantic division um goalie no surprise you got linus olmec uh olmark Yulmark, ugh, Linus Yulmark, I always get it wrong, for Boston Bruins. He is a 21-1-1, one, and one. so he's only lost two games, one of those in regulation, so he's only dropped three points as a starting goalie this year, rocking a uh, 1.86 goal average, uh, or goals against, save percentage is 9.39. It is absolutely insane, damn near unheard of. This goalie is top mark and would probably be the number one pick overall for players of the year. Um, then to kind of keep this podcast moving, we also got Tage, Tom, uh, Tage Thompson, uh, the right ringer from Buffalo Sabres, um, with an amazing, amazing 30-goal season so far with 25 assists. He is currently on pace easily to get over 100 points this season. Um, phenomenal, because they have uh, – oops, sorry. Uh, they still got some games in hand. So it is it is quite awesome for the what he's been doing. Uh, to keep going a little faster pace, we got uh, Dylan Larkin, the center from the Detroit Red, Red Wings, Matthew Kachuk from the Florida Panthers in left wing. Another center uh, is Nick Suzuki from the Montreal Canadiens. We have Bradley, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Bradley Kachuk, um, family member uh ottawa senators from the left wing you also have the other center from tampa bay uh nikita kucherov and then mitch marner left wing for toronto maple leaves rolling in as the last spot the metro the metropolitan division uh head coach i can don't ever get his name right from the hurricanes uh rod brittimore um brian demore uh can never i'm really bad with hockey names are just so tough um with the right winger though from the carolina hurricanes you have andre uh uh the for i can never say his name right uh, i'm really bad at names uh johnny goudreau left ring from the columbus blue jackets even though he's left the flames he's done fantastic jack hughes as the center from the new jersey devils Brock Nelson, center from the New York Islanders. Igor uh, Shesterkin, he's the goalie for the Rangers. So he's the goalie that made it out of the uh, out of the Metropolitan. Well done for him. I do not disagree. Uh, he's rocking an 
18.65 save percentage. Uh, Kevin Hayes, center from Philadelphia Flyers. Of course, you get Sidney Crosby, center from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And rounding out is Alex Ovechkin, left winger from the Washington Capitals. So those are your eight picks out of your eight picks out of the Metropolitan. Moving to the Central Division, we got head coach uh, Pete DeBoer, who is now the coach of the Stars, Dallas Stars, and the players that you got representing them. You got Clayton Keller, uh, center out of Arizona Coyotes. Even though Arizona is one of the worst teams in the league, Keller has had a phenomenal year. Um, I don't know if you would get picked if you didn't have to pick a player from every team. Just saying. Same going with uh, Seth Jones from the Chicago Blackhawks, um, defensive player. Uh, then you also have uh, for the Colorado Avalanche, uh, Kale McCarr. Uh, he's a defensive player. Uh, Jason Robinson, left winger from the Dallas Stars. Uh, Karel Kaprizov, Kaprizov, I can never say his name, Kaprizov, left winger from Minnesota Wild. Are you trying to say Caprese? Uh, yeah, he's oh. a good, yeah, it's a good salad. <laughs> Um, uh, then you have Jus Soros uh, from Nashville Predators in goal. I can, if I get his name wrong, sorry. Uh, <laughs> then you have to round that out, that uh, central out, you got Vladimir Tarasenko, Ter- uh, uh, right ringer for the St. Louis Blues, and Josh uh, Marizzi Marizin- uh, from the Winnipeg Jets who's having a really nice year as a defensive player. He's got seven goals, 36 assists. The assists are outstanding for a defender to have on pace to almost hit 100 uh, points for the year. is pretty impressive. Pacific Division, um, Vegas Golden Knights. My Vegas Golden Knights. BJ's (laughs) Vegas Golden Knights. Bruce Cassidy is the head coach chosen for that. Um, We have Troy Terry from the right winger from the Anaheim Ducks. Again, he probably would not have made this if you didn't have to pick a team player from each team just saying uh <laughs> nazem uh Kadri, uh the center from the calgary flames connor mcdavid no surprise there uh from the edmonton oilers with 33 goals and 40 assists that is absolutely insane it is tough for any player to get over 100 points for a season and currently uh currently he's only played 39 games he has 73 points, which is insane. Uh, Kevin uh, Fiella is the white ringer from Los Angeles. Eric Carlson, defenseman for the San Jose Sharks. Um, Maddie Beniers out of the Seattle Kraken, who are a surprising team. And they are, last night, the first team to actually beat the Bruins at home in regulation. Um, the Knights were the first team to beat them at, at home, um, but the Knights beat them in a shootout. So congrats. And they sh- the, the Kraken, they did shut out the Bruins last night, uh, which is damn impressive. Um, and then you have, moving on, the last two is Elias uh, Peterson from the Vancouver Canucks and then our Logan Thompson goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's who we have that made it in. Um, so now what's cool, and as I was saying, is now the last three players that get to go into each division are voted by the fans. Uh, which is an awesome way to do this. So if you think a player gets snubbed, you could have voted, get more people to vote. It is what it is. Um, So according to the NHL commentators, uh, NHL.com commentators, um, this is their rundown. I'll do this again, nice and quick um, for (laughs) who, who they think would be 
the fans uh the fans picks going into um who they who they would pick as fans of the game to be the last three of those divisions um like i said you have to pick one goalie so in the Atlantic division um lioness ulmark uh goalie oh wait nope oops i oh here we go sorry i that was my previous note from the pacific we'll start over there uh since we just ended on them uh drew dowdy from the kings uh maybe the second best defensive player um in the pacific behind the eric carlson um who is in uh you also have leon dreidseidel for the oilers martin jones for the kraken which is funny he's a decent goalie but whenever he plays the golden knights he gets pulled he's been pulled from uh playing the golden knights somewhere around like six times in his career against the golden Why? knights they just light him up i think it's four times realistically but they just light him up i i smile anytime martin jones is in the net <laughs> against vegas um <laughs> uh and then you have uh anzi kopitar from the kings and trevor uh zagris from the ducks those are the ones that they're thinking will make it in in the atlantic moving on over there 22 year old uh rusmus uh, dalin dahalin i can never say his name right again bad with names in the nhl uh from the sabers 100 percent uh he should be a nominee and should get in uh the only re- reason he didn't is his counterpart was a little bit better than him um defensive uh he's really good in defensive and uh yeah so moving on victor hedman uh defender uh oops where am i going here oh yes uh victor hedman i guess i didn't write that down where he was from but he should (laughs) he should get in there um just for a fun fact because they do the skills competition competition before and last year he was actually uh won the slap shot competition with 103.2 miles per hour uh, which is insane. Uh, still, my boy, um, does Zidane Charles still has the record at like 108.8 or something like that. But that's because he's like a 6'10 dude that has a wingspan that, yeah. Of course, he's going <laughs> to hit it the hardest. Um, and then you got uh, Hampus, Lincoln, uh, the goalie from the Bruins. And the only reason he's not in there as the number one goalie, that's because his counterpart in there, he's like I said, Olmark was uh he's 21 one and one, which is absolutely insane. Uh Austin Matthews led the last two seasons in goals. Um, I'm sure he'll probably get in. Um, and then Steven Stamkos from the Lightning. Uh, Metropolitan, these are who they think. Uh you have Jeff Brat from the Devils. Um, he's just fun player, he's got fast skills, like people like to see what he does when he has the puck. Um very, very well-liked player uh, for that organization. Uh, Brent Bar- uh, Brett Burns from the Canes. Travis, uh, uh, I can never, uh, whatever, from the Flyers, that guy. <laughs> um, uh, John Tortorello, uh, or John Tortorella from, again, I never write this down, but he's, I believe, Maple Leafs. Uh, consistent goal scorer. I don't know why I didn't write that down. And then the goalie <laughs> is the Islanders goalie, uh, who's a Another fellow Russian goalie, a uh, friend of Igor uh, Shosturkin. So they could probably have a lot of fun together. You're killing uh, these names, Casino. Killing no, dude, them. It's, it's so tough. 
Um, and I say their names and hear their names all the time because I've been watching hockey for years and I still can't get their names right. Um, and then last but not least, we have the central um, Kyler Connor from the Jets. Uh, he has 40, 46 assists this, uh, last year and 93 points last year. So he's he's a solid player. Like to see him get in. Uh, Connor Hellebuck as the goalie coming out of the central. That's who I really think should be the goalie choice. Uh, he's literally just a brick wall back there for the Jets. Uh, the Knights know this very well because he pretty much shuts them, shut them down every single time. Uh, sadly, Joe Pavelski for the Stars. I hate him very much. Um, <laughs> he played for the San Jose Sharks, and he's just a tool and just not a fan of that guy. Um, uh, uh, Miko uh, uh, Ratanen, uh from the Avs, uh, one of the top scorers this year. And then, yep, I'm just going to end it at that because there's I am so bad with names. Um, but it's yeah. okay. I'm also bad with names, Casino. So I know I just kind of rushed through that, and that may have been an ear sore for a lot of you guys. Um, so I do apologize for that. Um, I thought but, it was some of your best work. No, it's probably not. But anyway, what do you <laughs> um, feel free to leave comments on who you think would be, if you're into hockey, who you think should be your fan picks for those last three picks out of the divisions? Um, obviously I don't care about what you think about the picks that are already in and snubs because the snubs are the ones you get a vote for. Um, so yeah, been a pretty exciting first half of this season and I can't wait to watch the skills competition because they do some fun ass shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was the, the speed round to try to get us uh, caught up here on, uh, hockey. Great job, Casino. We've uh, been talking off this podcast about changing the way we, yes. like, I guess, cover, quote unquote, the NBA and NHL. So I feel like on Tuesday's episodes, we're going to more do what we've been doing, which is talk about the games that have been important the past week, talk about the standings, like kind of what goes along with that. That's going to be for NHL and NBA. And then on Thursdays or Fridays, our second episode of the week, we're going to talk more about what's going on in the world of the NHL and NBA and all that kind of stuff. So on Tuesday's episode, we did the rundown of the the standings and uh, important games that were played and stuff for the NBA. So today I brought the list of the NBA top five stories that are happening right now in the league. So I'm just going to run these down real quick. So to bounce off of what you were talking about with the NHL all-star game, now we are talking about the NBA all-star game because the NHL and NBA seasons kind of run parallel to each other. So the NBA fan or the NBA uh, all-star voting is interesting because and I feel like of all the sports, it's the most fan-centric version of the All-Star game because the fan voting is 50% of the vote. So it would be like in the NHL or in the NFL for the Pro Bowl voters, literally half of them just being fans. So the main difference is in the NBA, you get – I actually really like, I always hated the Pro Bowl, right? The NHL NHL skills competition is great to watch. I love the NBA skill competition as well. I'm interested to see what they do in the NFL this year with the Pro Bowl skills competition. The NBA 
uh, like all-star game, I am actually always a fan of. I love watching it because you get the best players in the West, the best players in the East, and now they've switched it up the past couple of years where they just give you one team captain, one team captain, and then they pick who they want of the All-Stars. I think it's a great thing, and you can tell it's all fun and games in the actual All-Star game until it gets to, like, the last two minutes, and then people start trying and actually, you know, actually start playing basketball and just not letting their friends, you know, put up crazy uh, dunks and shots and all this kind of stuff. So the NBA All-Star voting at the moment has LeBron James uh, in the Western Conference. It's LeBron James, uh, Jokic, Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Paul George. Oh, this is where I start fucking up names because, you know, uh, uh marketing from the Utah Jazz, Draymond Green, Kev- Kevon Looney, and Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, the fan voting kind of fucks up the rosters, but then again, in all-star weekends or Pro Bowls, you kind of just want to see the stars of the league, right? So that's why you have people like Anthony Davis, where he's had stretches this season where he's been good, but has he been all-star level this season? No, because he's been injured for most of it. And that was just the front court for the West. The guards for the West are uh, Stephen Curry, or Stefan, Stefan, Stefan Curry, uh, Luka Doncic, Jay, uh, Ja Morant, Shea Gillis-Alexander, Clay Thompson, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, Austin Reeves, and DeAndre Fox for the Western. Uh, Shea Gildress-Alexander is having like a crazy, I guess, interesting season because the Thunder aren't really good. At the moment, they are, oh, where is the Thunder? They are fourth up from the bottom, but they have these weird stretches where they destroy teams like we saw them destroy the Celtics we saw them destroy uh just last night they destroyed the Sixers they also beat the oh no they or yeah they destroyed the Celtics 150 to 117 they've beaten like good playoff teams they won against the Grizzlies who are the number one seed in the west so it's yeah and he's usually the reason why they win those games but as far as the east uh, Eastern Conference, it's everybody who you would think it would be uh, with uh, Paulo Bonchinero from the Magic is an interesting choice, well-deserved. Julius Randle from the Knicks is number 10. Again, that's just because the Knicks are one of the most popular NBA teams. I don't think he is having a all-star season, but what are you going to do? Uh, the number, the interesting thing about this on the East side is in the front court, Kevin Durant is number one. In the guard section on the Eastern Conference, it's Kyrie Irving. So that's interesting considering all the shit that's gone on with him this season, but he has been good. And then we have Donovan Mitchell, uh, James Harden, Jalen Brown, DeMar Rosen, Trey Young, blah, 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 blah. So all pretty much who you would think it would be for the all-star voting. You don't really get snubs in the NBA because the guys who are quote-unquote snubbed aren't usually the stars. They're just the ones having a good first half of the season. And it's like, do you really want to see, you know, LeBron James 
versus Steph Curry? Yes. Do you want to see LeBron James versus the guy having a really great season for the San Antonio Spurs? I probably not. I mean, it's supposed to be, you know, a fun, entertaining game where you just get kind of like dream matchups. So I never really take the NBA all-star voting too seriously. Next up, uh, number four on the list, we had the return of Steph Curry uh, this past, I believe it was Wednesday against the Arizona, or I'm sorry, against the Phoenix Suns, where they lost, but they lost with their full front or with their full team of what they used to win the championship last season. So maybe the Warriors can pull it back. The only thing I will say, if you're a Warriors fan, you can kind of look, you know, with anticipation is Golden State is only eighth in the Western Conference, but that means they're only eight games back from the number one seed. Obviously, the we talked about this last week when it comes to, and this is actually the number three topic, so we'll we'll combine these two which is just the East in general. So the Eastern Conference, you have Boston re-emerging as the best team, right? They were kind of toying with yeah, Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee. last week you were worried about them. I wasn't. Yeah, and they've, they've bounced back in a big way. They've won, I believe, like three or four in a row, or they've won five in a row. And so they now are back up to 31 and 12. And you're seeing on, you know, inside the NBA and all the NBA talk shows, Already you're getting that question of Celtics or the field, right? Because they're clearly have reestablished themselves if they ever lost it to begin with as the number one team in the East. Then you have Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly, all within, God, three, four games of the top spot. And then the rankings just kind of fall off the cliff, right? So the East is now a five-team race between all the five I just listed. Uh the shockers this year are Miami and Atlanta at the eighth and ninth spot. I mean, they just look like completely different teams than what they have been in the past. Miami to me, again, as I've shared with the podcast, I, I don't follow it or I don't follow NBA as much, but Miami dropping that hard was mind blowing. Yeah. Well, and then on the West, uh, in the Western conference, golden States at the eighth, but they've obviously had injury problems and just really haven't been playing up to, you know, the standards, but that team's a lot older than they were. The shocking, the Miami version on the West, uh, in the Western Conference, is the Phoenix Suns. They're 21 and 22, and people were thinking they were going to be, you know, the Celtics of what the Celtics are this year of this year in the West, in the Western Conference. So the Phoenix Suns fall into 21 and 22nd. Chris Paul looks like Father Time finally caught up to him. Devin Booker is doing god knows what at this point but that moves us to because i want to talk about this west uh western conference team our number two topic of the week which is luka Doncic, and he is the dallas mavericks are 24 and 19 they just had a two overtime thriller last night to beat the lakers both the ending of regulation luka hit a three-pointer to send it into ot and then at the end of the first OT, Luka hit another three-pointer to send it into double OT, and then the Mavericks ended up winning. So yeah, he's, the, he's so talented. The most impressive thing this season has been the way he just can effortlessly get points when his team needs it to win the game, right? Like his clutch gene, if we were playing NBA 2K, 
right now. His clutch attributes would be a hundred out of a hundred. Like he is just on another level. He is leading the league right now in points per game with 34.3. He has a 50% uh, shooting percentage from the field, 35.6% three-point shooting, which I believe is only behind Donovan Mitchell, and it looks like Damian Lillard. So he's top three in the league in shooting three percentage. So when he goes up for a three, He's most likely than only two other players in the league to make it. And then he also is has averages nine rebounds and nine assists a game. So he's almost he's leading the league in scoring, almost averaging a triple double in every game. Just outstanding, just absolutely crazy. And then the Mavericks are really making a run with him, obviously, as the front runner of that team to be a top four team. They could easily finish in the West uh, as the number one seed if they just keep playing like they have been. And yeah, now let's go to the number one topic, Casino. And then I have to get out of here. We are running late because of technical issues before this, but I'll make this brief. The number one thing this season people have been asking about the NBA is, and it's always phrased this way, does the NBA have a scoring problem? Right. I'm sure just in passing, you've heard that topic or seen it being discussed. And we've talked about on the show where Luca had a 60 point game. And then a couple days later, after that, Donovan Mitchell had a 70 point game. And there's been, you know, a bunch of 50 point games by Embiid and uh, Jason Tatum for the Celtics. Just every like star in the league this year feels like they've had a 50 point game or more right well, and it's, it's just turning into a solo it, it, it's a that's what it is in basketball it's, it's a solo person game like it's not well, a team sport anymore well also combined with the issue of all teams basically now have at least one star right you're not watching a game where they don't have somebody who is clearly the star of that team even the bad teams have this we talked about OKC with Gildress Alexander, right? He's a star on a bad team, but he's still a star. Now, the issue is when you have basketball teams made of stars, most NBA stars are made by scoring, right? Name the best defender in the NBA. I watch the NBA. I have no idea who the fuck it is. I could not name you one person who's like the lockdown defender because everybody always credits Ben Simmons as being one of the best defenders, but that's only because he never scores, right? He played a game, I believe, last night, it was the Nets and the the Celtics, and he had like his eighth game of his career where he didn't score one point, but he played almost the entire game. So he's the outlier. They only credit his defense because he's so adverse to scoring. So I started thinking about this, and I was just like, Everybody keeps saying scoring this season is out of control. So what is the average that NBA season games are in terms of what, like, the final scores, right? Like, so I looked this up on basketball reference, and it's the NBA league averages per season in terms of, like, the scores. Get what I'm saying? So in terms of what each team scores in that game. So this, and there is some validity to what people have been saying where 
there's more points per game. This year, the average team scores 113.9 points a game. Okay? That is, from what I am looking at uh, on this chart, that is the most in the league since the 1992-1993 season. So almost exactly 20 years. And, you know, what what caused this? Well, now there's people who are better at basketball. Defense is kind of not a trait you even talk about. And it's an all-offensive game. Kind of what we've seen happen to the NFL, right? Where it was just like, all rules now benefit the offense, which makes defenses worse, right? Because they don't have an edge up in the game. Same thing has happened in the NBA. Also, we've internationally opened the game, right? The best player in the league is Luka, who is not an American. He's from overseas. You have Giannis. You have all these players now from all around the world consolidating in one league with what we just talked about. In the East, there's only five teams that are legitimately like, quote unquote, good. The West is much more open, but you have so much talent on such a small number of teams that you're going to have higher scoring. But in terms of most points scored or most average points scored in a season, the almost all of the eighties and the beginning of the nineties, there has been, there was higher scoring percentages of those teams than this season right now. Now, again, we're only halfway through the season. So does that number keep going up? Who knows? But if it stays where it is right now, this wouldn't even be one of the biggest NBA scoring seasons ever in terms of what teams are averaging per game. So is there an NBA scoring problem? No, there really isn't. When you look at the numbers, it just, we haven't seen it like this in 20 years. And the way to to this generation, it looks different. Yeah. And the way to fix that, honestly, uh, I already got Roger Goodell on the phone, you know, for the NBA. Maybe I'll get Adam oh, yeah, Silver you, on the phone to might, talk about the you, NBA. You might need to get get to that call here shortly. <laughs> yeah, we're wrapping up right now because I was supposed to leave 10 minutes ago. But the uh, the thing we can do, the thing that the every NBA team does now is they live or die by the three, right? I'm not breaking any new ground by saying that. So you move the three-point line back. That's it. You move the three-point line back. You make everything where the three-point line used to be, everything in there, two points, move the three-point line back. People start shooting the three less. The scoring goes down. Do the games get more exciting? We'll see. But I really think that's the only thing you can do. Nobody, You can't force people to start playing defense. You can force people to start making harder shots for more points. Yeah, they so, can't really go further out on the sides, so the sides are going to be about the same. Yeah, there'd be a I, – I don't know. You'd have to – you'd have to maybe just like the upper bubble you'd push back. I don't know. I feel like you could – I feel like they could do it. But this has been uh, – you know what? I'm calling it fun. right now, Casino. Our best The Only Sports Podcast episode we've ever done. Do you have anything to add before we get out of here? Nope. Uh, I need to go. Yeah. Me too. So I'm Will. That's Casino. This has been uh, the Only Sports Podcast. Bye.